Welcome back to another episode of Giant Cocktails, episode six. And I feel very tempted. I feel very tempted to ask you immediately the key question, Matthew, just to prove that I can get through the intro without making a mistake. But I'm not going to. I'm not going to because I haven't, first of all, I haven't even told everybody who we are. I'm Ben Henry, along with my brother, Matthew. We are the co-hosts of Giant Cocktails, a podcast where we talk about our favorite baseball team, the San Francisco Giants, while drinking homemade cocktails. And Matthew, it has been quite a week. It has been an amazing week. I think it's been a week that I said was statistically improbable, almost impossible. I think I said highly, highly unlikely. And it happened. So that just shows how smart I am. But um, Matthew, what are you doing to celebrate this week? What are you drinking? Well, first of all, before I tell you that, Let's let's celebrate that you actually got through this by remembering both of our names. Uh, you uh, re- you didn't even mention the date, so you didn't get that wrong. Uh, you know, uh, so I I would call this a win, dude. Was it a win? It was a win. I don't think it was perfect though, because I you know I probably should say things like the date, because this is a weekly podcast and the date matters. It is. I- Sunday, April 11th. Okay, see, you're still on fire. You're, you know, <laughs> just just like Johnny Cueto. That's right. And, and, and the entire Giants pitching staff. And, exactly. But you know what? Today, my drink today is celebrating our favorite Dominican, Johnny Cueto. His start this week was just amazing, where he, he struck out a player on the end of the seventh doing like a quadruple shimmy, maybe. I don't know. It was like a triple shimmy at the very least. And and I knew right then and there that I had to do a cocktail to commemorate our man, Johnny. So I am drinking today what's called a Dominican Coco Loco, and it's a uh, blended drink. But I'm tempted to rename it, though, to the Dominican Cueto Loco. I like it. And the only reason that I was going to do something different was I felt like I needed to commemorate the shimmy in some way, but jello shots, mm, you know, I'm even <laughs> rum jello shots. Like I'm not in college no, anymore. No, this so, is not the show for jello shots. This no. is not a jello shot show. But that's, you know, but that mm-hmm. was what was coming to mind with the shimmy and the shaken. And, uh, but instead I'm going with the Dominican Coco Loco, which is a, uh, I'm, I'm actually using a Dominican rum, a white rum. Uh, along with some amaretto, cream of coconut, a little bit of grenadine, pineapple juice, and milk, all blended together with crushed ice and garnished with uh, a cherry and uh, some pineapple. So it's very nice. It's a sweet drink. Definitely like what you would consider a Caribbean drink. You're on, if you're on vacation in the Caribbean. You're you know you're probably drinking one of these with an umbrella sticking out the top. But uh, tonight I am drinking it in homage to Mr. Cueto, who was absolutely amazing this week. Eight and two-thirds innings. You know, I was hoping for, for a complete game, but uh, we'll, we'll take what we can get. And uh, he, uh, he delivered, and it was, it was a lot of fun. And it's been a lot of fun watching all the pitching, but uh, I'm sure we'll get into that later in the episode. So in the meantime, uh, what are you drinking today? Well, before I, I talk about what I'm drinking, I, the Coco Loco sounds sounds wonderful. Everybody loves a crazy coconut. I, I, I like the idea of crazy Cueto. Uh, I would drink a crazy, crazy Cueto. Uh, I, I think maybe what we should think is you have enough of those, then you start to shimmy, right? <laughs> or, or maybe the whole establishment starts to shimmy if you have enough Cueto Locos. So, uh, so maybe that's where you... And I think, honestly, I, I remember that pitch. Uh, I, I think he's still shimmying. I, I think that's actually still going on. He hasn't quite thrown the ball yet. Um, but uh, no, that sounds sounds really good. I, I, I like that one a lot. I have a tie-in for, for my cocktail uh, as well. It, it's actually a callback to, to uh, our last episode, which is we titled that episode, or rather, I should say, the person who writes our titles and, and notes titled that episode. It's not either Matthew or I. It's some other person that is forced to listen to our podcast as a form of punishment. I think maybe if you read the notes, you can figure that out. But that person 
uh, named the name that episode uh, um, opening day gut punch. And I thought, wow, I really want to make a punch and I want to name it opening day gut. Uh, so so I can have my opening day gut punch. And that's what I'm drinking today, Matthew. Today I'm drinking an opening day gut punch. And it is a, a mango juice punch, a mango rum punch. But it's special because I made it with an oleosaccharum using limes. And so what an oleosaccharum is, is you, you take the, 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 the rinds of a citrus fruit uh, and you uh, peel them. And you want to peel them super fine so you don't get as any, any pith or as little pith as possible. And then you mix that with uh, sugar. And what happens is as you let that sit, either in a bowl or a plastic bag, a lot of people who are super fancy and like to do it in a vacuum sealed bag because everybody has vacuum sealed bags these days, I guess. Uh, what happens is the, the sugar pulls the oil out of the, the citrus rinds and it creates this syrup that is a combination of the sugar and the citrus oils. And it's a super citrusly, citrusy flavored syrup. And it's most commonly made with using lemons. I did it with limes, um, but it, it is often the base to um, a lot of punches. So that is the, the base to this punch. Uh, and it also has lime juice to go with the, the oleosaccharum. So, so yeah, that's my cocktail today, an opening day gut punch. And I got to tell you, it is a heck of a lot better than an opening day gut gut punch. So I, I'm enjoying this one a lot better. I think I might actually choose to have more of these. I don't know that I would ever choose to have any more of those. But you know what? That's so last week. So last week. That, I mean, that's old news. Remember when we were sad and wondering whether what that meant, that opening day loss? Yeah, exactly. And when when we had a losing record, yeah. So they went five and one during the week, including three and or sorry, two and one against the hated Padres, the vaunted Padres, the class of the NL West, the only team that could possibly rival the Los Angeles Dodgers. They went in there and they took two out of three from them with the back end of their rotation. And stole, I think, uh, stole that series. Uh, it was really like three pitchers duels in a row. And they had both Desclafini and Aaron Sanchez pitching in their first games of the season. The two huge question marks for me in the starting rotation were those two guys, uh, and along with Alex Wood, who's, who's you know still on the DL. They both performed brilliantly. And obviously it was good enough to win. Those were not high scoring affairs, but the Giants did enough in in the first one and could have won the second one and then ended up taking the rubber match. And and yeah, got out of uh, got out of San Diego with a, a series win and got to come home and take on the Colorado Rockies. And they took care of business like they should against the Rockies, finishing those guys in a sweep. What a great week. Uh, I think there were a lot of great things to talk about in, in that week, but um, you know, what stood out for you? Well, by and far, the, the pitching stood out for me. I mean, it was uh, certainly, you can't say the hitting is, or maybe, maybe the lack of hitting stood out as well in, in a way. Uh, but, you know, again, they're, I mean, the Giants were facing some tough pitchers in San Diego, and so I don't know if you can exactly say oh, we're not hitting other than the fact that they were facing some really good starting pitching themselves and so it was a, it was a great series in San Diego and it was it was fun to watch you know uh, uh, I'm drawing a blank on the outfielder that gave us the huge assist with the Darren Ruff home run but I'd like to thank him for uh, uh, that I mean it looked like it was going to go over anyway and then it hit his glove and then it went over the fence again and uh, that's when I started thinking well yeah, maybe maybe we're gonna do okay in this series you know when things start to go your way like that, uh, you know, you, maybe the baseball gods are smiling on you a little bit, and uh, you know, we needed it. So it was, it was great. It was fun to watch that, and then, you know, and then uh, coming home and the home opener, and you know, the shimmying of Johnny Cueto starting us off, and boy, we thumped them. And I think that every team is going to thump the Rockies this year. Uh, it, it will be interesting to see how many games they they end up losing because. Um, 
Yeah, it, it, it's going to be an ugly season for the Rockies. Uh, outside of Trevor's story, it doesn't seem like they've got a whole lot of offense. And um, so, yeah, but I'll take it. And, you know, the Giants, you know, they're a major league club, and we did what we needed to do. You know, we needed to sweep that team, and we did. And, you know, now we're, we're, we're what? What's our, what's our record now? Six and three? Six and three. And so I'll take that. I'll take that the first nine games. And, you know, and so, yeah, I think that this week was was uh, fun. Yeah, it was it was engaging. I was, you know, definitely, you know, when I couldn't be in front of the TV, listening to it uh, in the car and at work and, you know, trying to, you know, getting home and watching the replays and totally into it because, uh, you know, it's, it's a lot more fun when the Giants are winning and we're. Uh, you know, competitive, and so I'm hoping that this is a an omen to the rest of the season for sure. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. the The home run uh, by Darren Ruff was on that we're sp- talking about was on the Wednesday game, and the Giants ended up winning that one three to two. And uh, playing center field for the Padres was Jorge Mateo. Ah, I only wish it had been Will Myers, right? I mean, doesn't that... I mean, that, that was probably asking too much. That was probably asking too much that it would have bounced off of Will Myers' glove because that I would have just had on replay the rest of the week. I, I think I would have that on replay the rest of my life whenever I just got sad. I would watch the ball bounce off of Will Myers' glove because, boy, does that guy deserve a little bit of payback from the Giants, but... But it doesn't matter because it still went out and it was still a home run and it was a beautiful moment. You know, I don't want to, um, I don't want to take joy in somebody else's misfortune, but of course I do. Of course I want to take joy in somebody <laughs> else's misfortune. That was, that was a definitely a favorite moment of mine too during, during the series, for sure. Uh, I mean, obviously a home run is always nice, but it's, you know, it's a little bit special and there's a little bit of extra magic on it. So I, I definitely agree. That was a... A, a magical moment uh, that I will forever, well, maybe I'll, I'll probably forget about it in two weeks, but I'll remember it every time they play the Padres anyway. It's something to remind Jorge Mateo of if anybody is ever in shouting distance of him, though. So let's just everybody keep that in mind as you're at a Padres Giants game. If you ever get to bring that up, please do. I mean, what a great series. And, and I totally agree. I mean, I, I think the ma- the biggest surprise all week has been the starting pitching. The, the hitting was a little suspect. I think we're extremely lucky that the Giants were able to come out of this week 5-1 and one with the, especially the left-handed bats and the lineup not producing. I do think that we did start to see some signs of life both Saturday and today, which is Sunday, um, from various people in the lineup. I mean, obviously Crawford and Brandon Belt both homered, hit big home runs on the weekend. And uh, I Dickerson think as well, Dickerson so. hit a home run. Yastrzemski had, it wasn't a home run, but man, it, it felt like one when he hit that rocket. That was kind of a meaningless double towards the end of the game, but it was a very hard, very uh, authoritative at bat and, and result. And so that must have felt good for him. So I think, you know, there was definitely some concerns there, right? I mean, there was a, it was going on a little bit long. And yeah, they they started off the season against what must be the Mariners' best two starting pitchers who were both lefties. And then, yeah, they went into San Diego and faced some really tough guys there. The San Diego pitching staff as a whole is outstanding. Uh, you know, their stats um, are, are great, even after losing two out of three to the Giants. Uh, you know, obviously they had a, a very special moment uh after they left the series, thank goodness the Giants haven't had to face Joe Musgrove yet. Uh, and that no-hitter got to happen against somebody else. So, uh, so yeah, the, I mean, the Padres are, are really tough. And so, so you know, maybe, that ha- maybe that's all it was. But it definitely was starting to become a little bit of a concern that those left-handed bats were staying quiet for so long. I think especially as we got maybe halfway through, you know, Saturday's game against the Rockies because you're thinking okay you're at home now guys and this is the Rockies this is the worst team you know you know and things started to look a little you started to get a little bit concerned but then suddenly signs of life and you know right now I think everything looks like it's firing on all cylinders I you know and I think the best thing that's happening right now is that starting rotation 
you know, for a lot of reasons. I, I think uh, the main reason is it's sort of spared us from seeing too much of the bullpen because I think some of those guys are MIA. <laughs> well, speaking of the starting rotation, I'm all in, man. And and I'm, I'm going to throw out I'm gonna throw out some names to you. I want to harken back to 2010. All right. I think you know oh, where I'm my. going with this. I think uh, you yeah, know. Uh-oh. You know, Tim yeah, Lincecum. Tim Lincecum. Matt Kane. Madison Bumgardner, Jonathan Sanchez, and Barry Zito. Arguably the greatest starting rotation in San Francisco Giants history. One of the top rotations, arguably, in Major League Baseball history. Until 2021. (laughs) With the vaunted Gausman, Cueto, Webb, DiSclefani, and Sanchez rotation. History is being made. We are seeing the greatest starting rotation in the history of the Giants franchise. And I, I'm all in. If they could keep, keep pitching like this, we're, we're, uh, we're playoff bound. We're, we're World Series bound. Because you know we're going to hit. I'm not worried about that. But uh, the starting rotation was a huge concern. And now I'm, I've got no worries, man. I am, I am happy and I think that the rest of the National League is taking notice that uh, the Giants are for real based on our starting rotation. You're speechless. <laughs> <laughs> Which, I feel like I've done my job. I've made you speechless. I, I, yeah. I'm just trying to figure out which one of these guys is supposed to win two Cy Young Awards. Um, I'm a little, I'm a little taken aback. Uh, it could be any of them. You don't know. <laughs> You're right. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, you know, I, I think four of them are, are still in the running, right? I, I, unfortunately, I mean, I, I don't want to, I don't want to rain on your parade, Matthew. I, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to. Um, I mean, a little oh, bit worried about. I'm a little, I, well, yes, of course I do. I'm, I'm a little bit worried about your mental health as well. I, <laughs> I, I mean, I know we all like to fantasize, but it's important to understand the difference between fantasy and reality. And and the reality is, I think this rotation is a lot better than people thought it was. Yeah. But I, I think it. it I, I think also it's probably not going to continue to perform at this level. I, I think one of the things that we need to remember about this rotation is that there are injury concerns, right? So I do think we're going to have to continue to to I mean I think the jury is still out. I, I think we're still not clear on what this this sorry, this rotation will be able to do over the course of an entire season. And I think they're definitely going to need support from other arms as the season progresses. So that's that's the first thing. I also think, you know, it, it could just be a couple of guys are having great games. That being it and and let's just start first of all with the guy I was highest on. Like nobody was more high on this guy than I was at the beginning of the season. You know, and and maybe I was a little, you know, you 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 kind of egged me on, and I was a little bit into my cocktail that week. But I do distinctly remember saying that Logan Webb was going to win thirteen games this season. Um, that's not going to happen. I, I mean, you, I think, I think we. I think you meant Caleb Barriger was going to. Yeah, well, you know, yeah, well, maybe. I mean, Caleb's got, yes, Caleb's Caleb's doing quite well. I mean, he's going to have to, that would be, I, I don't know what the record is for, for most wins by a reliever. I want to say it was somebody from the 70s must have had that record, because that seems like the right era for that. Yeah. It's probably somebody like Sparky Lyle or something like that. Not that I'm old enough to remember the 70s or to know who Sparky Lyle is. I don't even know why I know that name, but I do... And, but anyway, uh, yes, Caleb is doing quite well. But getting back to Logan, I, I do think everybody was super high on him. You know, I don't really know what the issue is there. I mean, he's pitching well enough for the fifth spot in the rotation. He's doing enough to keep the Giants in the game, obviously. 
They could have won his first start of the season. They did win his second start of the season. He's definitely keeping the team in the game, but his just he's just not looking as sharp as he did during spring training. And from my perspective, I don't know that he has done enough so far to keep the Giants from... Um, swapping him out for Alex Wood when Alex Wood is ready. And Alex Wood is getting very, very close to being ready. Apparently the ablation procedure went well, which, you know, I I mean, as well as a procedure to burn away the nerves in your back can go. So he pitched really well in his last outing. So he's he's getting close to being ready. And I feel like if he continues to put pressure on there and the Giants need to make a decision, I wouldn't be surprised to see Webb be the odd man out there given the way that well especially Dace Clefani has been pitching he was fantastic uh, again today as fantastic as he was in his first outing what amazed me about him is how much he's mixing up his pitches I think he's got four different pitches all of which he's throwing at about an equal number of times during the game he's got this nasty breaking ball that just kind of dives down and away from right-handed hitters. Uh, it was one of those pitches that nearly ruined uh, Fernando Tatis's season when he popped his uh, shoulder out of his socket trying to hit a home run on a ball that was unhittable. It, the thing just is there and then it isn't. I, I have been absolutely astounded by how well he has been throwing the ball and and how effective he has been with all of his pitches. It just seems like the guy... Is, is hitting it on all cylinders right now, and it just looks outstanding. Sanchez was was equally good in his one outing. Uh, you know, it's only one outing so far, so I, I don't think that we can, you know, we, we really know what we've got there. But, you know, if he has another great outing on Monday, tomorrow, if he has another great outing, then I think, yeah, it puts a lot of pressure on Webb to be the guy who's going to have to sit once Wood comes back. Before I comment on that the uh, the most wins by a relief pitcher is 18 uh back in 1959 i think by roy face from the pittsburgh pirates oh yeah roy face yeah don't you remember him yeah who can forget the face i mean come on man <laughs> but but you were right in the mid 70s uh, bill campbell and john hiller of the twins and the tigers won 17 games so those are the most in the american league but uh 18 wins. So, Caleb's got an outside shot. You know, he's got, what, how many wins? Two already? Three? Two. Well, so so, so remember, my bet was that Logan Webb was going to win 13. Does that mean you're giving me the opportunity now to switch over (laughs) to Caleb Barger winning 13 13 games as a reliever? Well, he's on pace to win, like, you know, like 40. So, you know, who knows? Hmm. No, you know what? I'm going to stick with Logan. All right. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do that to Logan. You know, it's, um, yeah, you're not, you're not a fair weather fan. No, no, we're going to go down guns blazing with this is it. I still believe that he's going to win 13 games this season. He's just had a rough patch. He could easily be two and oh right now. That's true. And you know, I mean, he hasn't pitched horribly. He's just pitched the worst out of the five. Yeah, exactly right. Exactly right. He hasn't pitched horribly. He has just been the worst out of the five. And I think the the you know the the only question we're asking about him right now is is his his games that are okay enough to keep him there for a pitcher that you went out and acquired in the offseason specifically for this reason so you know and that's a i mean that's not a good place to be for logan webb for sure but it could be much much worse for sure it could be much much worse absolutely so Anyway, we talked about Desclafini and how well he has done in his first two starts. The one thing that I will say just generally over the entire rotation is not just how well they have performed, but how many pitches they have thrown and how many times they've gone through the lineup which I am honestly, I'm stunned by, you know, I, I think I didn't make any secret about it during the, the spring that, that, you know, I felt like Gabe Kapler meddled too much with pitching changes, that he didn't have enough faith in his starters, that he I, was going to the well too often. 
You, I think, I recall you saying something to the effect that you felt like Gabe Kapler, that there was like rules written in somewhere that he had to take pitchers out after two. I think I said it was against his religion to let anybody face a rotation to 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 face more than uh, eighteen batters in a game, and. I mean, you know, maybe that was a bit strong, but at the same time, if you go back and look at the 2020 season and you count the number of outings where a Giants pitcher faced more than 18 batters, uh, they are few and far between. And I wouldn't be surprised if we're already closely approaching the number of times that that happened. Here we are, you know, through nine games. It's, um, I'm astounded by it. I'm, I'm, I'm happy. I'm, I'm ecstatic about it, right? Because these were great outings. And I think they were a lot of the reasons why the Giants won those games is because they stayed with the pitcher even when they got into a little bit of trouble. For example, you know, with Cueto in his first outing, right? Mm-hmm. Well, even Scalfani today, right? I mean, he struggled in the sixth. He was that's uh, right. He was struggling and stuck with him. And but I, I let me ask you this: Has Kapler turned a leaf, so to speak, or is the bullpen just that bad? <laughs> Like, is he sitting there watching and go, oh, Cueto, a little tired, still better than Maranta. <laughs> still better than Whistler and his 32 ERA. Well, I, I, I think the answer is in the question. I, I think the fact that if he doesn't trust his bullpen... And I, I mean, I don't want to say that he doesn't necessarily trust his bullpen. What I think is he's thinking, who's going to give me the best chance to win this game right now? And I, what my primary concern was about a lot of the moves that Kapler was making last year, and, and even before that when he was with Philadelphia, my concern with a lot of the moves that he made there was is that he wasn't watching what was happening on the field. Like, he went into the game with a game plan, and then when those moments came up, he made those moves because that's what he had decided before the game he was going to do. And he didn't let the game tell him, dictate to him, how he should make his moves. And my concern with that was is that he would miss an opportunity to take advantage of what was truly a statistically advantageous advantageous situation, right? Because because he had had already these predestined or predetermined moves. What I think we're seeing right now is, no, that's not what's happening at all. So either I was completely way off base and, and what I thought I was seeing I wasn't, which totally could be true because, you know, I'm an idiot. But, but also, or, or, yeah, he has turned a new leaf and he's like, yeah, like I have to pay a little bit more attention and I have to, to play the moment, not, you know, not three hours before the moment. And, you know, I think we saw that in Cueto's last outing, right? When he went out there, and I think nobody would have complained, not even myself, if he had taken Cueto out of the game at that moment in time in the ninth inning. But he asked Cueto, how are you feeling? He asked Posey. You know, he definitely got he got Posey's opinion. He talked to Cueto, and, and he was like, and I'm sure the question he was asking him is like, do you have enough? Because in his mind, he was like, if the answer to that question is yes, then I'm going to leave you in here because because I know that that means you're our best chance of winning this game right here. You know, and obviously there's, you know, I, and I don't think in that moment that was particularly true because Jake McGee has been absolutely fantastic this season. I'm, I'm, I'm in love. This is, this is, I just, Jake McGee is amazing. I, I didn't, I, you know, it's come out of nowhere. It's hit me real hard. It's one of those. <laughs> it's one of those. But uh, but but the point is is like if, if McGee didn't McGee has pitched in half their games uh, so so you know he's he's already kind of gotten quite a bit of work and so I, I think you know in in Kapler's mind he was thinking if I can get away with not having McGee come into this game that would be great and at the very least he saved McGee a batter I mean then and McGee came in and threw three pitches I think <laughs> when when Cueto yeah. finally did yeah. uh, allow the tying run come to the plate and um, but that was a key moment I thought really for 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 Kapler, um, or at least for me watching Kapler, for, for improving my faith in Kapler as a manager who's going to manage the situation based on the situation, that was a huge moment for me as a fan to step back and say, you know what, I maybe I can trust this guy to not meddle too much um, and then react to the situation because Johnny was great and he deserved to get a chance to, to, to finish that game and... 
and save the bullpen. You know, not that the bullpen is overworked by any stretch, but but you know, any opportunity you have to throw a complete game, I think you take it. And uh, he left him in there, and I thought that was great. So, I do think he has turned a page. I do think he has. I, I think. Um, and I think that page is a little bit dictated by the fact that, yeah, the starting rotation right now is a heck of a lot better than the bullpen. So, yeah, I think that with Kapler's uh, moves, it, it really does show that I think that he's he, he was he, he meant it when he said that he was going to uh, be more uh, attentive to the situation. And, and that's good to see, because I think that that uh, that's the right move. And it also I think it builds. Uh, you know, support from his teammates. Uh, I think I read that he not only asked Posey, but he asked Belt. You know, Belt was saying, oh, now he's still got it. And, you know, when they were all out on the mound. And uh, so, you know, his teammates were, 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 I think, you know, hoping that uh, he could finish it out as well. And, you know, and it's a little bit easier when you're up too, right? And, and uh, you know. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, yeah, no, and, for sure. And and I think, uh, but you know, there were multiple chances for him to take him out. Like you know, in the after they went on the go ahead run uh, with Crawford, his next at bat. Well, then you know, the nine hole came up, and it was you know, Queda was uh, the batter, and I thought, okay, well, they're just going to pinch hit for him here. I think he was close to a hundred pitches, and uh, you know, it would have been an appropriate time to pinch hit for him. He had gotten the win. You know, they'd gone ahead. Uh, but no, they kept him in there, and and uh, and then again, like you said, when he came out twice in the ninth, and I feel like, you know, those were great moments to kind of show that, yeah, our, you know, Kapler believes in the starting pitching, and and uh, you know that's uh, that's the that's what's going to take us, you know, I think where we need to go right now. So, but you know, you mentioned the bullpen. So today, uh, the Giants placed uh, Maranta on the IL uh, with a flexor strain, I think is what they called it. Uh, but interestingly enough, uh, they brought up Wade, Lamont Wade Jr., who ended up having a pretty good day, started in center field and I think went two for four, two for three with a walk or something like that. So he did. He had a great a great game. Uh, but now we've only got two right handers in the bullpen and and we only have 12 relievers or 12 pitchers rather uh, um, right now on the roster. And so. Uh, I think one could argue that the reason is, you know, they don't need the relievers right now. The relievers, at least that they've got in the bullpen, are well-rested. But you know, the fact that we only have two right-handers now is interesting. Like, uh, And there's no depth right now on our 40-man. Uh, you know, so there's... Uh, I'm trying to remember who's uh, the name of the kid that's... Uh, that uh, is on the roster. Oh yeah, Camilo, uh, Camilo Duval. That's right, Camilo Duval. So he's only. How could you forget about Camilo, man? I know, good old Camilo. I I can't believe I forgot about him, but uh, probably because he's only pitched an A ball. You know, so that's probably why I forgot about him. But so he's not he's not a solution at this point, uh, and he's the only right-handed relief pitcher on our forty-man that's not on the active roster, and so. It'll be, you know, I'm, you know, Maranta's on the 10-day IL. Uh, you know, his his velocity wasn't up to where it used to be anyway. Even he had, I don't even think he'd struck out anybody uh, in any of his uh, outings yet uh, this year. Uh, you know, inducing some soft hits or soft hit balls, and you know, and, and so obviously being effective, but uh, you know, not the Maranta that we're used to seeing. And so I just, I'm curious to see how they're going to finagle the 40 man. Are they going to bring somebody, you know, um, that's not on the 40 man in and, you know, who could that be? I know Zach Littell was really good in spring training. James Scherfe was good in spring training, both right-handers, uh, but they're not on the 40 man. So it's going to be interesting to see, you know, what they do to, uh, to 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 kind of even out that bullpen because you know even though Rogers is a right-hander um, he has better numbers against uh, left-handers than he does against right-handers so uh, you know I, I we don't really have that many effective right-handers in our bullpen that can that can get righties out effectively so uh, I'm curious I don't I don't know what the solution is going to be do you know what the solution is going to be I I have no idea what the solution is going to be I mean first of all I'm super bummed for Reyes Maranta. For those of you who don't know what a flexor is, it is not somebody who is competing in a bodybuilding contest. It's also not, strangely, it's not, it has, it's none of the muscles, it's not in the bicep area, and it's also not, you know, like in the pec area, like, you know, the one I would totally think of as the flex pose, apparently has nothing to do with that. No, it's, it's a forearm, it's a forearm injury. Which, which I don't know if that's good or bad. I, I think it's probably good, I guess, because it indicates that it's a strain. Uh, let's hope it's just a strain and not something more serious. It also indicates that it is not a re-injury of the, of the shoulder injury. 
um, that that he had. So so hopefully this turns out to be nothing serious, but it is definitely a setback and it is definitely a, a bummer. I definitely was rooting for for Reyes to come back and. The fact that he's not going to, it makes what was already a questionable part of the team more questionable, right? We don't even know who's going to replace him. Neither do the Giants, right, at this point in time, I think, which is why they brought up Lamont Wade Jr. I mean, the only thing that I can think of is that they didn't bring up another pitcher is, is that you're correct, is that the starting pitching is going so deep right now and they have faith in its ability to continue to do so. But it's not like... You know, they, do, they don't have an off day until Thursday. It's not like they're not going to play games over the next three days. And it's not like the the Cincinnati Reds are all left-handers. I'm looking at their roster right now, and, and the Cincinnati Reds are quite hot. I mean, they did get cooled off a little bit by Arizona, so I don't know how what that says about the Reds. They were the best team in baseball uh, through through Friday. Now they have the same record as the Giants after losing two in a row to to Arizona. But the point is, is that their lineup is hitting the ball uh, up and down the lineup and the bench. Everybody is hitting well there except Joey Votto and one of their utility guys. Other than that, everybody on that lineup has a good a good run of it so far in the short season, right? And uh, a lot of them are lefties and a lot of them are righties. Uh, and, and I think the bench is mostly right-handers, so so I don't I don't know. This is a very curious thing. I, I I feel like maybe we'll see a move before the series starts, or we'll probably see a move mid-series. So one of the things I was thinking about was that if Wood is ready to go, then they bring him up, and he acts as kind of the reliever for uh, when. Uh, Webb and when maybe Sanchez starts. So he's the guy that will come in and pitch two or three innings after Webb or Sanchez starts uh, to, to you know give the bullpen a, a break. Uh, he's stretched out. He can pitch those innings. And that way, you, you know, the Kapler's got his relievers that he can focus, you know, put them into other high leverage situations in other games. Uh, just one thought. I, I don't know. And, and, you know, complicating that, my theory on that is that Webb is a left-hander. So it's not, I'm not saying he's going to come in and be situational. I think that he would just pitch, uh, you know, uh, you know, two or three innings. And so if Webb goes four or five and, uh, and then Wood comes in and pitches, you know, two or three after that, well, then you've got, you know, you've, you've made it to the ninth inning. So I just, I feel like that's, that could be an option creatively. I, but I don't know, cause we don't really have anybody that just screams, Oh, let's bring up somebody from the 40 man roster. Well, you have my spring season favorite, Nick Trapiano, but he's not on the, but he's not, he's on, not the on the, I know he's not on the 40 man roster. And that really is the complicating factor. I, I, I know. I, I, and that, that is, that is the problem. Right, yeah. because it does force the Giants to make a move they don't want to make. Uh, but it does beg the question, right? If they do bring Wood up, who goes down? Mm-hmm. You know, because what it was. Well, who goes down? Know, I think is Wade Jr. again, and that that all factors into who um, you know what's going on with Slater, because Slater missed yesterday's game. Uh, he didn't play today. And so Kapler had alluded to there being something going that some people weren't available the weekend, um, but didn't say who and then said that he thought it was going to be a short term issue. Uh, But something is going on with Slater, I think, is the by a process elimination, the guy that's uh, being uh, that we're not seeing right now. So I feel like if, if Slater's not. Maybe he gets put on the injured list, and then you've got yeah. a spot. Or, or if he's he's okay, then then Wade goes back down, and then you replace him with Wood again. So I, I feel like that's the move. Yeah, it should be interesting. Uh, you know, obviously they're high on Wade. They went out and and got him in the off season. You know, by trading away Sean Anderson, and they uh, and then he had a great day today. <laughs> you yeah. know, he um, in his first, uh, you know professional game that mattered in in quite a while uh so yeah i mean it it is an interesting question and you know what is going on with with austin slater you know that is another question you're right we haven't seen him play the last couple of days and he hasn't been hitting the ball well except since opening day so you know there is a little bit of a question mark you know the the thing that i think wade might stay and, and slater might go and i think you're probably right it's go go to the il is where he'll go 
is because Wade is very strong defensively. You know, the only difference between the two is Wade is a lefty and Slater is a righty. Uh, but at the same time, you know, that's where the Giants have been struggling, right, is on the left side of the plate. You know, they have righties hitting the ball, so maybe, and Slater wasn't one of them. So, you know, maybe that's, regardless of, of what the change ends up being, maybe, you know, Slater's on his way out, whether it's temporary or, or a more longer term term uh, stay is, it remains to be seen. But um, but I think that, that feels right. I mean, it's got to be Wade Jr. going back down. Or it's got to be Slater. I can't see any other uh, scenario coming up, you know, barring another injury. Right. So, yeah. and and I think they got to make that decision soon. I, I don't see how they can go. I mean, maybe they'll just play it day by day. I, I don't know. It just seems so strange to me. It just, you know, maybe they'll wait and see if the bullpen blows up. Yeah. And well, maybe I, I they're think... just trying to get it to, to, to Thursday. I, I don't know. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see. Yeah. Well, and speaking of this kind of next week, so we've got the Reds coming into town, right? I think they're home? Yes, the Reds yeah. are coming into town Monday and then, and then through we got, Wednesday. And then we travel to Florida. That is correct. And they play the Marlins in Florida starting on Friday for three games before going to Philadelphia. And, for, and then I think it's just a two-city trip, and then they're yeah. back home yep. after that. So the Reds, you know, they've been playing, you know, they're six and three, just like us. They started out pretty hot and uh, hitting the ball really well. Uh, if I, or am I wrong on that? It... No, they were, they were, they were more than hitting the ball. Really, they they were annihilating the ball. All right. Uh, they were owning the ball. They they were trashing everything that that was being thrown their way, all up and down the lineup. Well, except for Joey Votto. Uh, so, I mean, he was the one guy not hitting the ball, including their rookie second baseman, Jonathan India, who, you know, looks like a Brandon Crawford 2.0 there, except he's a second baseman instead of a shortstop with his long flowing locks and, and Nick Castellanos and his, you know, um, flamboyant uh, at bats and his flexing over pitchers as, <laughs> as he's sliding into them and, and pissing off Yadier Molina. Um, well, they I mean, be, I don't know. They may be hitting the crap out of the ball, but they haven't faced the greatest starting rotation in Giants history. <laughs> yeah, that is true. That You're totally right. They have not faced the greatest San Francisco Giants rotation in history. <laughs> Uh, that is true. They haven't and, faced them, and this they season. haven't faced the, this season uh, yet either. So I feel like you know, all due respect to the Diamondbacks and all that. I mean, you know, or whoever they well, actually they they lost two out of three from the Diamondbacks. yeah. No, the Diamondbacks cooled them off. I mean, they played the Pirates for three games. Okay. Who who are who are trying to convince me that they're worse than the Rockies? Mm. They're they're trying to take the crown of worst team in baseball. So, uh, you know, them and the Rockies are, are really duking it out. So, so yeah, I mean, the Pirates are not much, and they really don't have a great lineup. They they did the rest of that against the Cardinals. And and then, yeah, and then one game against the Diamondbacks. They were 6-1 and one, um, before losing two in a row to the Diamondbacks, and uh, they lost pretty badly today. I think it was their first shutout of the season. At one point, they were averaging like eight or nine runs a game. It was something ridiculous like that. So, and even with a uh, not great performance today, you know, everybody is still hitting the ball. You know, their averages are still quite high, uh, which says a lot, right? Because at this point in the season, if you have a bad game, your average dives quite a bit. So if you were able to survive a, a poor game at this point in the season and still keep your numbers pretty high, then that means they were really high. Uh, so yeah, the Reds were, were hitting uh, the ball a ton. Yeah, it's early, right? And they did that against the Pirates, so it's it's hard to say, and against the Cardinals, so it's it's hard to say whether how real that was or it wasn't. You know, mm-hmm. um, I think the Giants' pitching has been very very good against uh, against the Padres, right? So I think that's a great sign, and and the Padres went into Texas and uh, swept them, <laughs> and won in convincing fashion. Uh, fashion, so. You know, the Padres are legit. So I, I think that just adds legitimacy to the strength of the Giants uh, starting rotation. So it should be interesting to see how they fare against the Reds. I, I think it's a good early test. I think at the beginning of the season, we would have said this is a team that the Giants should be better than. I think I picked the Reds to come in second. 
which I guess is not a popular. I think everybody's still picking the Cardinals over there. I think the Brewers and Reds are better than the Cardinals, but you know, I'm an idiot, so you know, I could totally be wrong. But so far, it, the Reds are the best in the, the division there. So, uh, but it, but nonetheless, the Giants need to be better than everybody in the West. Uh, sorry, in the Central. The yeah. Giants need to be better than everybody in the Central, uh, no matter who they're playing. Because if you want to compete for a wild card, you know you have to beat everybody in that division because the wild cards are going to come out of the West or the East. Uh, it's not going to come out of the Central. Right. So it's a good test. Good test for sure. And then we head, speaking of the East, uh, we head to Florida. And uh, I know at the beginning of the year you said the Florida Marlins were Diamondback-ish, I think is what you had uh, yeah. pegged them at uh, as far as comps. Uh, from the West, uh, so in that respect, we should we should compete well against the Florida Marlins. Yeah, I think the Diamondbacks are the fourth best team in the division. I think the now the Marlins are the worst team in their division, but I think that's more of a statement about the the quality of that division than anything else. The the and I, I would say right now I don't I haven't seen anything that changes my mind there. The Marlins are more competitive than they have been in the past. You know, they're going to win some series. They're not going to win most, but they're going to win some. It's not like they're a cakewalk. But the Giants should win two out of three there for sure, right? They, yeah. they, yeah, they absolutely should win that series. You know, I mean, a series, a three-game series is a three-game series, and weird stuff can happen, and, you know, you, you need to get it, it. It's hard to say that, you know, like a three-game series is a definitive thing, but I think the Giants should win both of these. So we should expect them to go four and two this series, this week. Maybe they go three and three because there's a fluke or something, but you know, because that can always happen. But we should expect them to go four and two. We should expect them to take both of these series at least two to one, and uh, and come back in even better shape than they left. That's right. Well, not come back. I mean, they'll still be on the road then. But you know what I mean. End the week in better shape than they than they started. Absolutely. All right. Well, hey, before uh, we wrap this up. Uh, I did one thing I remember today watching today's game I, I thought was pretty amazing that we didn't get a chance to talk about was Brandon Belt's stolen base. And uh, and it wasn't a traditional stolen base, which is why it was even more impressive. Because when I first uh, – I'll be, I didn't watch it live. So I heard that he had stolen the base, and I was like, ooh, you know, his 17 miles per hour on the treadmill that he was bragging about, maybe that's – now he's swiping bags. <laughs> but what's interesting is he stole second base on a 3-2 count. And – and, and the only way you can do that is if you do it before the pitcher throws a pitch, right? And so uh, the, the infielders had the shift on, so they were all shifted over to the right, and the and the 3-2 count, the first baseman played back. And all of a sudden, Belt had like a 20-foot you know lead and, and just took off for second. And the pitcher turned around, but nobody was even close to the bag to take a throw because they were all playing, you know, in the outfield. And so they just gave Belt the the bag, and then Longoria hits a line drive single for an RBI on the very may have been the very next pitch. Um, and uh, and so that stolen base was so heads up. I I was you know so all you Belt haters out there, ha ha, he's a winner, damn it. <laughs> he saw an opportunity, took it, and I uh, just thought that was a really heads-up play, and uh, it was pretty pretty cool on Brandon Belt's part. Yeah, that is pretty cool. Uh, oh, and also, he hit a home run, so let's not forget that. Smoked that. <laughs> Smoked it like a sardine, man. Yeah. I mean, that thing was... He knew it as soon as it hit the it left the bat, too. It was, yeah. it was pretty nice to see that. And uh, I'll take more of those. Well, uh, it's 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 good to see him getting into the swing of things, you know. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think you. I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm Brandon, Brandon Belt's fan. a great baseball player. Great baseball he he player. always has been, and uh, Giants fans just don't like it because he doesn't hit a lot of home runs. And that's, I mean, that's all they've ever. Ca- that's, I mean, not all Giants fans certainly. I think most Giants fans know that that Brandon Belt is a great baseball player. But yeah, he doesn't hit 40 home runs, and so I think there's a lot of people who think that that means he's not a good first baseman, and. Um, you know, it's just wrong. It's just wrong. Yeah. You know. Well, and, uh, Grant Brisby, a writer from the Athletic, he uh, he's a, he covers the Giants. He tweeted out yesterday that uh, that Brandon Belt is now on pace to hit forty home runs and steal forty bases, and uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> so it could be you know the first forty forty guys since Bonds, right? I mean, oh my uh, gosh! 
<laughs> oh my gosh, that's not happening. Okay, no. that's right. not happening. All right. <laughs> okay. All right. I'll uh, give you that. I'm still holding strong to my rotation being the greatest. I'll give you Lincecum, Kane, Sanchez, and <laughs> and Bumgarner, the second coming. All right. Uh, but uh, I mean, I'm no, I'm not going to give that to you either. That's, 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 <laughs> come on, man. Like, come on. Hey, through nine games, man. We're... Come on. <laughs> through nine games, they're doing quite well. I think we got a long way to go, but I, I, yeah, I mean, I know we're supposed to be wrapping up, but I, I just, I just want to say, like, I don't think what's going to hurt these guys is their performance. I, I do think it's going to come down to their ability, their longevity, right? So, mm-hmm. you know, if they do, if their performance does start to go south, I think it's going to be because they, they just don't have the ability to throw that many innings, or they're just going to have to be shut down either, you know, due to some sort of injury or issue. So, I, I think. I think it's really encouraging that what we've we've seen so far, and um, you know, I, I think uh, I think Giants fans have a lot to be excited about. You know, everything is going exactly how we need it to go for them to come out of April and be in a position to put themselves to the real test. The real test comes in May. After May. After all the big guys, after the Padres, Giants, and Dodgers have all played each other for a significant number of games, then we'll know. Then we'll know how good this team really is. But at least they're making themselves, they're setting themselves up for success going into that. And that's really exciting. So let's just hope they keep it up. All right. Well, where can they find us, Ben? Well, you can find, first of all, we have a joint uh, Instagram and Twitter account at Giant Cocktails, uh, same same username on both Twitter and Instagram. You can find me in both of those places at WatchBenFail. And uh, where can they find you, Matthew? Well, you can find me on Twitter at SonomaYGuy. Uh, and uh, uh, I'm on Instagram, but nobody cares about that, seeing pictures of my kids. So. <laughs> So I won't give you that one. But uh, you want to reach me out, on, reach out on Twitter, Sonoma Y Guys, where you can find me also, as Ben said, um, Giant Cocktails, Twitter, and Instagram. And uh, don't forget to subscribe and uh, like and rate and do all those great things if you enjoyed the show. And uh, we'll see you next time. So thanks, Ben. It's been fun chatting with you. Yeah. Cheers. Cheers.